0: Eight hundred six nine three eight two nine oh. That's eight hundred six nine three eighty two ninety.
1: You guys, it's Rick Tittle.
2: Welcome to another live edition of Titalating Sports. A happy holiday to you. What you got? Well, I have a searing abdominal cramp. My rose bushes got eaten by a deer and my wife left me and my roof is leaking. No, not that type of what you got. I'm talking about what you got. Football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, golf, tennis, auto racing, boxing, Olympics, troller ball, chess checkers, rugby cricket, that type of stuff. That's what I want to talk about with you. And we'll do it at the toll-free number 1-800-878-PLAY. 1-800-878-7529. I get you in and get you heard. Coast-to-coast, border-to-border, around the world, on American Forces Radio Network. $500, 177 countries serving our military and our military friends, the lay people, <clears throat> That's right. I remember my good buddy uh, from high school. He was German and uh, the Bundeswehr or the uh, West German army at the time uh, had him go in for uh, a year and a half. They had conscription and uh, he was a, a gymnast. He was a fantastic athlete, but he was told flunk your physical and they'll put you in a tank. if you do well they'll put you in a foxhole so he took the advice he pretended like he was unathletic and they did put him in a tank and he said it was easy because he just sat there for a year and a half so wherever (laughs) my point is wherever you are representing the usa nato all our friends listening on afn i'm afn of you you're doing a great job stay safe come home soon Today on the show, uh, we'll start off with Dominic Cook, the director of his new movie The Courier. I saw it with Benedict Cumberbatch. Very good. Uh, Also, we'll have Marine Corps veteran Craig Grossi on again. He's got a new book about service dogs. Olympic swimmer Ryan Murphy will drop in. Actor Michael Parre as well. And other surprises and friends. And your calls at 1-800-878-PLAY. 1-800-878-7529. Twitter's Rick Tittle. So come on back. We've got three hours.
4: If you hear squealing and grinding noises from your vehicle, it's time for new brakes. Right now at O'Reilly Auto Parts, when you buy any set of brake best pads and any two brake best rotors, you'll save 10% on your total purchase. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh,
5: oh, oh, O'Reilly Auto Parts.
2: Thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. We're quite pleased to have film director Dominic Cook with us. His new movie, The Courier, is opening video on demand on uh, Friday, and uh, it's got a great cast. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch uh, is at the top of that marquee. I just got to see the screener yesterday. Dominic, welcome to the show. Um, First of all, I know that uh, you were born in wimbledon and we're just about the same age did you grow up going to plow lane and rooting for the Wombles before they moved to milton Keynes, or did you wh-
8: wh- who was your team growing up <laughs> well my my family are big chelsea supporters so i sort of went with them i wasn't a massive football fan of soccer as you guys call it uh but yeah it was chelsea which isn't that far away but actually we moved away from wimbledon i, I didn't grow up there i moved around the place
4: very good yeah just across the
2: thames there so your background is very much uh in in the theater and uh, how does that lend itself to to transition into film which are two entirely different disciplines as you know
8: yeah i mean there are areas of theater and uh, and film which are very similar and there are some which are clearly very different and the the bits that are the same i mean there's something sort of universal about storytelling i think and about what makes a compelling story. I think that sort of what actors require from a director, which is clarity and support and sort of pushing is the same in both. The really big difference, of course, is that you're making shots, you're telling the story in film.
2: You are also very impressively a CBE uh, commander of the order of the British Empire. Did you get suited and booted (laughs) and go to Buckingham Palace for that?
8: I did. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I did. Yeah, it was very it was uh, I actually had been to Buckingham Palace on another occasion because when I was running a theater, we got an award from the Japanese Emperor who gives awards out to international artistic things. And we got this thing for what we were doing with young people. And I went there and I met the Queen then. And that was pretty amazing. But uh, yeah, no, I did. I did the whole, yeah, the whole getting dressed up. It was great fun. Had a nice lunch. It was brilliant. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> and just real quick about your theatre background. And and I've had the pleasure to see the RSC in, in, in Stratford up, upon Avon and, and go to a lot of places in the West. And my favourite, though, and I brought this up before, but in 1979, I got to see a Sherlock Holmes play It's called The Crucifer of Blood. It was at the Royal Haymarket, and they had a naval battle, and it's still the most impressive thing i ever seen uh, in my life. What, what's your favorite? Would it be the Royal Court, uh, the old Vic? What, what do you like?
8: Well, I mean, I, I sort of like two things, really. I like new plays, which is what the Royal Court's all about. Uh, I love the sort of thing of a play. The great thing about a new play is... If you think about TV and film, it takes quite a long time from the moment the writer actually sets, sits down and writes the script to when it ends up on our screens. Whereas a play can turn around quite quickly. So you can get plays sort of talking about the world in a really lively way, sort of very quickly. And that is really exciting. But I also love the sort of classics. I love Shakespeare. And so I did, I've worked in both places. I spent a few years at the Royal Shakespeare Company in um, Stratford-upon-Avon. And Shakespeare is the greatest storyteller of all time, I think. and he's the hardest of all writers to make work work for a contemporary audience. So in terms of sort of the challenge of putting one of his plays on and trying to make it really, really resonate and clear for a a contemporary audience is there's nothing quite as difficult. Making movies is a walk in the park compared to that.
2: Yeah. Sometimes they'll try the trick uh, in modern day dress. And that's just like I say, it's kind of a little trick. All right, let's talk about your film, The Courier, because Uh, as I mentioned, a a fantastic cast. And the thing I think is most fascinating is this is an absolutely true story, one that I did not know, but one that perhaps may have helped uh, avoid uh, the end of the world, not to be too dramatic, but the Cuban Missile Crisis. This has to do with a a, a British businessman and a former Soviet uh, patriot and uh, officer who decides that uh, this is madness going on in the in the Soviet Union. Where did you get the the idea to put this true story to film, Dominic?
8: Well, I was actually sent the script in a sort of very early form and was absolutely knocked out by it. I mean, both the script itself, but also, as you say, a story about two quite important people that we didn't really know about. And I mean, you know, there are big bits of our movie that are sort of compressed and fictionalized, but... but, uh, are these two guys who ended up bringing back information to the west that was absolutely key for Kennedy uh, making the decisions that he made sort of bringing the whole thing to an end. And the key information that they brought back was that essentially Khrushchev, who was actually despite his uh, his appearance as sort of more well look anyone after Joseph Stalin's going to look like a good leader uh, or <laughs> a nicer guy uh, he, he'd sort of appeared to the west to be sort of a, a move forward because he was sort of reaching out to the west and sort of being uh, more benign, presence and appearance was actually a bit of a crazy warmonger and he um you know really was sort of a liability and essentially he was claiming that that the ussr had far more military sort of nuclear capacity than it really did and the information that pankowski and win brought back was that he was lying and that there weren't that many weapons being put on uh into cuba and actually if there was a nuclear uh, uh, standoff that the USA could win. So that's what allowed him to sort of really push Khrushchev over the line to withdraw. So it was really important information that they brought back. But it was a sort of accident, because they were involved in bringing other stuff back at the time, that they ended up involved in the Cuban Missile Crisis.
2: Yes, and the, the true hero here is Oleg Penkovsky, which has played fantastic Fantastically well by Merab Um this the guy that cost him his life. But uh, in the long run, uh, one of those unsung heroes of of the Cold War. I mean, you could say if you're a Soviet that he was a traitor, but for mankind, he was a hero.
8: Yeah, he was an extraordinary guy. Actually, he was a military hero. He he was in this. He was he was a genuine hero way before the film began. So he was in Kiev. Uh, He was a leader, sort of a colonel, uh, an artillery colonel. And he basically was absolutely instrumental in keeping the uh, Nazis out of Kiev. And he, um, yeah, so he was a remarkable, remarkable man and sort of absolutely up for putting his life on the line to get this stuff. Uh, get this information out of the Soviet Union. I mean, he he was quite, he had lots of different motivations going on there, uh, but he really did believe that Khrushchev was a danger to the world, and so he reached out to the CIA. And uh, yeah, he did pay, he did pay with his life, and he uh, was he was quite something. He was quite something. And finally,
2: I mean, you have in Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, you know, fantastic cast, but he is now the the very very top shelf. Uh, of Hollywood, a guy whose name is uh, above any title uh, of a movie that he is in. What is it like to work with such a consummate professional and, and, and the rest of this cast as well? And, and a great job by Rachel Brosnahan, too, who we kind of see as a comedic actor here after the Mrs. Maisel thing. But uh, just uh, was it a sort of an embarrassment of
8: riches with a cast like this? Yeah. Yeah, they were brilliant. I mean, the thing about working with really great actors as a director, is sometimes you feel, oh, what am I doing? I mean, do I have to do anything here? You just have to stand back and let it happen. And actually sometimes that's a, a good thing for a director to, not just feel that you've got to speak all the time. Sometimes, like an actor like Benedict who actually I've worked with quite a lot because I worked with him way back in the days before he was uh, at the level he's at now. And certainly in terms of public profile, we did some shows, we did a couple of shows in the theater way back and I've worked with him on television since. So I've watched him sort of grow. Uh, But when you get really exceptional talents like that, you have to know when to make the intervention as a director. You know, you sort of give them the support, get them there. sort of help them to understand what they need to know. And in this case, of course, there's a lot of research and so on that we needed to do. But actually when you're on set, sometimes you just need to shut up (laughs) and let them do it. And Benedict's (laughs) one of those actors who sort of uh, self-corrects.
2: No Um, doubt. The Courier will be available for rent, uh, on-demand platforms, Apple TV, Amazon Prime, Voodoo, cable providers and others. This will be uh, on Friday. It's a very good, a thriller period piece uh, spying all that great stuff espionage make sure to check out the courier we've been speaking with the director dominic cook dominic congratulations on the film and hopefully we'll catch up again thank you so much nice to talk to you all right i'm rick tittle we'll take a quick break we'll come on back on sports bio
1: I no.
0: That's 800 760 1845. I'm not insightful enough to be a movie critic. Maybe I could be a food critic. These muffins taste bad. Or an art
2: critic. That painting is bad.
11: I'm so disgusted by Rick Tittle that I find him very intoxicating.
2: Well, thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world, and the lines are available at 1-800-878-PLAY. You know, nowadays when you see a headline like Rams gathering information after report of a Aaron Donald assault, and you go, oh, no, and then you find out that he assaulted a man, and you go, oh, okay. At least I do. You know, it's just you hear assault and you think, oh no, was it a masseuse? Was it a girlfriend? Was it a a young girl? Who was it? And like, oh, it was a guy. Ah, oh, never mind. I'm not trying to downplay. I have no idea what the case is. No idea. But you hear it's another man. You think, yeah, yeah, big deal. I think we're just so conditioned to think oh no what's the next sexual assault you know what it's just bad news <clears throat> so thank goodness it's just a guy who got beat up I don't even know what it is. 1-800-878-PLAY um, you know it's interesting how what uh, happened in Georgia with the new voting restrictions we know what happened to the MLB All Star game. It moved to Denver, of all Lord Forsaken places. Uh, but uh, also, you had the governor of Texas refuse to throw out a first pitch because MLB moved the game. Well, apparently, Michigan might be next, and that's going to affect the sports world too. Because there is a bill proposed in the Michigan legislature right now that would make it tougher for disenfranchised populations to exercise their constitutional right to vote. And MLive.com reported that top executives from Detroit's four major sports teams have signed a letter that objects to any legislation that makes it more difficult to go vote. Lions president Ron Wood, Rod Wood, Ron Wood was with the Stones, Tigers, And Red Wings owner Chris Illich, Mr. I's son, and Pistons Vice Chairman Arn Tellem. Yes, that's where he is now. They all signed the letter that was released uh, last night. And uh, this is before the deliberations are expected to start up in the Michigan Senate. The letter says, quote, government must support equitable access to the ballot to ensure that all eligible voters can exercise their rights. Government must avoid actions that reduce participation in elections, particularly among historically disenfranchised communities, persons with disabilities, older adults, racial minorities, and low-income voters." End quote. In addition, to the sports executives, top executives from 30 of Michigan's largest companies also signed on, including Blue Cross, Blue Shield, Ford, Quicken Loans, and GM. So what would the Michigan bill do? Well, similar to the Georgia voting bill, the Michigan package, which by the way, contains 39 different bills, includes a few that will make voting easier like an extra day of early voting. But the majority of the bills include measures that would restrict voting access. In other words, a photo ID would be required for both in-person voting and absentee ballot applications. Absentee ballot applications would no longer be automatically mailed to residents. Access to curbside ballot boxes would be restricted the government would be barred from providing prepaid postage on absentee ballot return envelopes. So, look, if you want to vote, it's you. nothing's going to stand in your way, right? If you say, well, they didn't mail it to me, or I didn't have a stamp, or I didn't feel like driving over there. But believe me, that is enough to put off thousands of people. What? I got to put a stamp on it? Screw you. So this is what they're afraid of. They're afraid of people uh, not being able to vote because they're like, I I ain't gonna lift a finger to do that. So by a two to one margin, Michigan uh, Michigan voters, Michigan voters, Freudian slip, approved expanded absentee voting access in 2018 as part of a vote to amend the state constitution. But the New York Times reported that the new package of bills would roll back almost all of those voter expanses. So uh, if you think about what the end game is here, the end game is really twofold. And I know this is going to be a bit prosaic, but this is how I feel. The restrictions are to keep less black people from voting. uh, And these companies are on board really just for public perception. I don't really think they give a damn about black people voting or not, but they talk about the optics and they talk about everybody wants to be on the right side of history. So it's, it's a bit jaded both ways. I mean, obviously uh, you'd think, well, what's wrong with showing a photo ID before you vote? What's wrong with that? Uh, I've never had to do it. Does that bother me? No, but there are some people who don't have a photo ID. who are those people? Are those people with cash and jobs? No. As I said, it's a lot of, as we say, disenfranchised people. So I'm not part of the group that this would affect if I was in Michigan. But you think about the preponderance of more uh, blue votes uh, coming uh, from uh, that side. Uh, You know, it's just... Whatever. It's, it's not my fight yet because this is in Michigan, uh, but it is uh, something that it is the fight of these teams. And uh, it does restrict people from voting. It makes it harder to vote. I mean, let's just face it. Doesn't make it impossible. Doesn't make you run a uh, through a phalanx. <laughs> it doesn't make you crawl on your elbows 10 miles to vote, but it does. It is true. That it makes it more difficult to vote now why would they want to make it more difficult to vote well it's for what i just said so that less black people could vote that's what it is i mean and and to say that it's not and then to say to avoid voter fraud there was no voter fraud and that lie was perpetuated by people in power and by certain television networks and you know what people died because of that lie how could you live with yourself knowing that That perpetuating that lie got, uh, you know, (laughs) and I'm not just talking about police officers who were killed. I'm talking about, you know, your your stupid followers getting shot and having heart attacks. And but but they don't care about any of that. So um, I have to turn this into a political segment. What I'm saying is, is that these teams, they have to have this optic now, whether they want to or not. It's all part of the choking conformity that we have now, especially in America. And that's why you can go to a comedy club and someone's going to stand up and yell, that's racist, and then feel like there's some sort of hero. Th- to me, someone making a joke, he's just trying to get people to laugh, and then you paid to go watch a comedian. People will sit there and laugh and laugh and laugh at everyone who gets made fun of. But then if it's about them or something that they don't like, Then they'll protest. Then they think they're a hero. It's one of the most narcissistic things you can do, but you feel like I am on the right side of history. It's like people who search back a timeline to find a kid who in the eighth grade uh, wrote BLM sucks and then, you know, bring that up. And it's like, you said this when you were 12. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. Never mind where we're sending our contract. And then they jump up and down and say, got him, got him. It's like, yeah, I know, I was twelve, I was ignorant, I've grown since then. I, I I'm more worldly. No, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You said it when you're twelve, you're a Nazi forever. You know, that's what that's why I say we've never been more stupid in the history of the United States. And I'm talking about dumbass dirt farmers, which was ninety nine percent of this country three hundred years ago. They were smarter than we are now. <laughs> I think they really are. So we'll see if the what happens with these four teams in Detroit. Uh now obviously there are some of them who really care about voter suppression, but most of them are just doing what they're supposed to do. They're for that, so we have to be against it. All right, I'm Rick Tittle, we'll take a quick break. We'll come home back on Sports Byline.
12: Diesem Land habe ich Treue geschworen, bin
4: geboren in der Pfalz. Ich lieb dich nun mal, jeden Berg, jedes
13: Tag, Heimatland, du mein schönes Pfälzerland.
14: Guys, guys, we need to clear a path here.
1: Indeed knows unexpected employee turnover can stall your business. Tonight. John, like at Chris's office. Logistics Company, to avoid things grinding to a halt, he needs to get started hiring right, right away.
15: I need Indeed.
1: Indeed you do. And the moment you sponsor a job on Indeed, you get a short list of quality candidates from our resume database. Visit Indeed.com credit and get a $75 credit for your first sponsored job post. Terms and conditions apply.
16: <laughs>
11: You must be crazy. Use a DOG. And if you was my man, I would have been kicked you out of my house by now. This is what had happened.
2: Welcome back to Sports Byline USA, coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. We're quite happy to welcome to the show Roshni Cox, and she's here on behalf of Green Park Sports. She's the head of brand partnerships and uh, she's here to uh, talk about uh, the new Greeny Rush minigame that is available now on iOS and Android uh, devices and, of course, has to do uh, with the NBA and, and Mountain Dew as well. Roshni, welcome to the, uh, the show. Tell us a little bit more about how Greeny Rush all got started.
17: Hi, Rick. Uh, thanks for having me on. Um, sure, happy to. So we collaborated with Mountain Dew on this immersive virtual experience of their three-point contest with the NBA. So Mountain Dew was integrated into our new greenie Rush minigame that's found in our NBA land where players run around this fast-paced obstacle course while answering NBA-type trivia questions. And really, it's an opportunity for Mountain Dew to really leverage Green Park to connect and engage with a new generation of NBA fans.
2: Now, as we know, with video games, it doesn't matter how much money and effort you put into it if it's not fun, people aren't going to play it. So, talk about getting that fun factor in there.
17: Yeah. So, you know, we are targeting a next generation of sports and esports fans, and you know, we've done our research on you know what's fun for them and how we can keep them engaged. And this particular mini game is is just very addictive, uh, Greeny Rush, where You're competing with other fellow fans trying to go through this fun obstacle course, but you're also answering trivia questions, and you're trying to make it to the end, you know, going through several different gates. And at the end, if you are the winner, then you're going to be able to earn Fanergy rewards. And really, these rewards help unlock in-game gear, like jerseys and sneakers and digital goods that we know that this next generation of sports fans really ask for and want.
2: So you get an avatar, your greeny avatar, as you said, and you can sort of trick it out as you go through. But there are other things as well, like a, a dance battle, right?
17: Right. So that you do receive a greeny avatar once you first enter the app. This is really your personalized version of your sports fandom. And you, as you said, you can trick it out. You can customize it. You're going to receive some in-game gear as soon as you enter. But then as you navigate through the park play some of these mini games so dance battles another mini game where you can actually compete with other fans and play sort of like guitar guitar hero style um really sort of battle out to music and as you earn points you continue to earn fan energy, which in turn again gives you digital goods that you can customize with your avatar and your greenie
2: so, when you say joining in uh, events like uh, you know all star games and things, and then tying it into scoreboards and, and graphics, how does that all come together?
17: Yeah. So we have a section in our game that's uh, focused on predictions, and that's where you can actually go in and make live predictions on live events. So, if an NBA game is happening, say the Clippers are playing the Pacers. Uh, you're going to actually be able to go in and make predictions on that specific uh, matchup. This could be anywhere from who's going to win the game, who's going to have the most points. And so you start building a leaderboard uh, based on your points and the rewards that you've earned. So, you know, we've been able to connect in um, a real-time API that allows, you know, us to really have all that live in-game data to be able to let users make those predictions in real time.
2: And with Green Park Sports, I mean, you guys have your live watch parties, which, of course, we needed during the pandemic, didn't we?
7: (laughs) Right,
17: we did. Uh, The watch party is a great opportunity to sort of gather around with your friends, your community, and really, you know, check scores. Uh, Over time, you're going to see all types of content on that Jumbotron. There's many games in that watch party. It's really taking that absence of the physical sports world that we all experienced in this last year and really, letting you experience experience that in our watch party gaming environment.
2: A couple more questions for Roshni Cox of Green Park Sports about the game Greeny Rush. Um, there, there have been a lot of games, sports games over the years, uh, that are fun games, but they have you know fictional players and uniforms and stadia. So, how important was it, you know, to get the union to get the league on board so that everything was legit?
17: Yeah. I mean, it was very important for us to get the league on board. We're currently focused with League of Legends and the NBA. And it was important for us because, you know, we're a complement to the league. Uh, you know, we really wanted to be able to leverage, you know, their IP and really make it authentic to the experience. Um, we didn't want to have something that felt, you know, you know, cartoony, but something that really was authentic to that sports experience that, again, you're getting in the physical world but we're bringing into a gaming environment.
2: I also love the fact that you have a d- degree in psychology, which I bet helps you <laughs> more more times than not in this area, doesn't it?
17: Oh, it does. Uh, I did take a, a left turn out of psychology into sports marketing. So um, I do pull from, you know, learning from fans. I mean, that's that's really what I love about sports marketing. And this current role that I have with Green Park is I just love sports fans. And I love to sort of, you know, see how they get excited and, and they have their fan communities and how they just really engage with sports, both, you know, watching it, but also just experiencing
2: it. So how is it that when you get a, uh, a app like this and, and players start competing that I have found gamers will always push your, your app or your game to, to areas that, you know, heretofore unseen, even by the developers. So what kind of feedback have you received so far?
17: So we've received you know a lot of different types of feedback uh we are in early access so uh, we are testing a lot of the communities right now and right now we do feel like it's an engaging game um you know we're able to get feedback on just how long they're spending in the game you know areas of the game that are, are they're more engaging over others um but again we're in early access we're, we're really going to be pushing to a much larger audience in the summer Um, once we uh, launch with MLS and La Liga and open up to additional fan communities. But so far, we've received some really positive feedback.
2: Oh, we're going to get a little uh, Ronaldo and Messi in there, huh?
17: We are. We are. It was important for us to look at all the different sports fans and communities across the world. And, you know, MLS and La Liga are are key partners that uh, you'll see here pretty soon in the app.
2: By the way, we know that Shakespeare invented 422 words. Did you invent fanergy?
17: <laughs> um, I think so. Um, i, I got to check if we actually have a trademark on it. But, yeah, Phanergy is our way of earning rewards and, and really leveling up in the game.
2: So is it uh, – are there – is, are there microtransactions with in-app purchases, or is this all free and through your, your hard work and, and skill, then you can get some of the skins and other in-game rewards?
17: Yeah, so we will have microtransactions, in-app purchases happening over the next, I'd say, month to two months. Um, in early access, you know, we wanted to make sure and get um, our partners, League of Legends and NBA, comfortable. But, yes, we will, you will start to see um, sort of that traditional transactions that you see with other mobile games as well.
2: Um, so when you roll out an app like this as well, a lot of people will say, you know, are you going to port it to a console? Uh, any ideas for something more grandiose or on PC as well, or is this going to stay mobile?
17: Um, for now, it, you know, seems like we will stay mobile focused, but I leave that to our engineering teams. And, you know, if there is an opportunity, I'm sure they'll evaluate it. But today we are a mobile, um, app.
2: So you mentioned NBA land. Can you expand on what that is?
17: Yeah, so you know, when we bring a sport into Green Park, really it's a land dedicated to that sport league. So today we have a League of Legends land. We have an NBA land. And then uh, over time, you're going to see an MLS and a La Liga land. And really that's an opportunity for you to experience that specific league in that area. So it's going to be focused on all the NBA teams, the players, Again, the prediction aspect and then certain mini games that will be designed for that specific league.
2: You know, in the old days, you'd make a video game and you would ship it and that would be the end of it. But we know that games live for years. And with the DLC, the downloadable content, the patches, the updates. Uh, and of course, when you think about a professional sports league, so many players will change teams. There'll be retirements, trades and, and draft. So uh, you guys have to be constantly fluid with this, don't you?
17: Very fluid, very agile. Uh, That is sort of what we entered into, was this ever-changing sports environment. But I think that's what makes it exciting. Um, You know, we want to be that central destination where you can come in, again, engage and and play, but also uh, stay up to date on those types of headlines of what's happening in the sports world.
2: What would be... Just, I always like asking people this who make games. But what would be your favorite part of the game? Like, you have maybe five minutes to show somebody this game. What, what would you show them?
17: I would show them Greeny Rush. I think that it is a super fun, uh, engaging game. Um, you're battling with your fan, your friends, and your communities. You're trying to answer these trivia questions. You're trying to jump and you know do all these fun little things and. I really feel like that is a great embodiment of, you know, taking sports trivia and or live game data and sort of mashing it up with a fun game that, you know, keeps you engaged. And also there's a virality to it. So I play it all the time. My daughter's playing it all the time. Um, I just I watch how some of these younger generation fans engage with mobile games today. And I feel like Greeny Rush is, is one of our star sort of like mini games right now.
2: Very good. So where do we go to pick this up?
17: So we're live in the Apple and Google Play stores right now. Uh, I'd encourage you to download, uh, get your greenie, customize it, and start competing and prove your sports fandom, Rick.
2: And uh, leaderboards as well, see who's uh, on top.
17: So leaderboards are all embedded within the game. They're going to be, you know, in the different sections. You're going to be able to access it in different ways. Um, But again, I encourage you to download the app, go in, experience the environment, And start building your Fanergy points.
2: How about you personally? Are you any good? How's your dancing in the game?
17: (laughs) Um, I think my dancing in real life is probably better than in the game.
2: (laughs) You know, not many people can say that. Usually, they're better whatever in the video game, right?
17: (laughs) No, I'm going to say my dancing's probably a little bit better. But um, you know, the dance battle game is is another fun way to you know listen to some really fun tracks along with battling out with your friends. Um, but again, I'm going to go back to Greeny Rush being uh, what I think is probably one of the star players of our of our new mobile game.
2: Well, there it is, Greeny Rush from Green Park Sports. You can pick it up uh, as uh, she just mentioned iOS or in the uh, Google App uh, Store as well. We've been speaking with Roshni Cox of Green Park Sports. Roshni, thanks for coming on, and uh, hopefully we'll catch up down the road.
17: Thanks, Rick. Talk All soon. All
2: right. All right. Good stuff. Uh, I always want to find a uh, a game that, uh, uh, you know, I can play on my phone, kill a little time, do this, do that. i don't have to check it out. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back on Sports Violet.
0: That's 877 360 0402. You spent over a decade in the Middle East,
18: and I just wanted to say that I'm a great fan of your work. Well, thank you very much. Don't interrupt me, please. What did I just say?
11: You must be crazy. Use a D-O-G. And if you was my man, I would have been kicked you out of my house by now. This is what had happened.
2: Goodness gracious. That is some dramatic stuff. Um, email here real quick. Chrissy chimes in. Rick, is that true uh, of how many words Shakespeare coined? That seems like too many. LOL. It, it's not just words, Chrissy. It's it's. um. It's sayings too, like pomp and circumstance is Shakespeare, Eaten Out of House and Home, Foregone Conclusion, It's Come Full Circle, Method in the Madness, Um, Neither Rhyme Nor Reason, that was Shakespeare. One fell swoop is Shakespeare. Uh that's a sorry sight. Um if someone has a spotless reputation, that's Shakespeare. Uh, Strange bedfellows is another one. Uh, the world is my oyster. Those are all Shakespeare. These are all sayings that uh, we just uh, we we take for granted, you know. And uh, he's the one that that did it. But I just, if you want to get into words like some of my, you know, um, arch villain is one of my favorite ones. He's the guy that uh, that came up with that one courtship, dauntless, uh, disenfranchised, it's just uh, fashionable, the word fashionable didn't exist until he threw it in, dim-witted, fortune teller, uh, full-grown, at loggerheads, moonbeam, (laughs) pale-faced, priceless. These are all, he took a lot of words and he just put them together. Quarrelsome, remorseless, shudder, shooting star, shipwrecked. All these things are words that did not exist until Shakespeare put them in. And a lot of words he he just put un in front of, like unquestionable, unhidden, unhelpful, unpublished, unpolluted, unmitigated, all Shakespeare. Uh, and I'll be here with more Shakespeare lessons on the other side. we got two more hours. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back on Sports.
7: LSA Radio
9: News with Lance
4: Pride. National Guardsmen and local law enforcement used pepper spray and flashbangs to disperse protesters in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, Tuesday as tensions ran high for a third straight night following the cop killing of Dante Wright. Sixty people in the area were arrested Tuesday night. Dante was being arrested for an armed robbery warrant when the cop mistook her service revolver for a taser during the struggle. Health officials stress that there have been no reports of serious side effects with the Pfizer or Moderna vaccines. And even with J&J, there's only six cases of blood clots reported so far. Janet Woodcock, the acting Food and Drug Administration Commissioner, said the pause could be for a matter of days. A CNN director admitted that the network actively worked to get President Trump out of office, even creating propaganda on issues they knew little about to further the goal. In a secretly recorded conversation, CNN technical director Charlie Chester said, look what we did. We, as in CNN, got Trump out. USA Radio News.
19: Newsmax, you like Newsmax, I like it too. Trump is right. Millions are tuning into Newsmax TV and going to Newsmax.com for real news. Some polls give Joe Biden a high job approval, even 60%. Now Newsmax is asking if you agree with that. Do you really approve of Joe Biden, his policies, and $4 trillion in spending? And do you think President Trump did a better job? Let us know. Vote in the Newsmax poll right now. Just text the word NORTH to 39747. That's NORTH to 39747. It takes just a minute. Let America know who you like better, Biden or Trump. Tens of millions are watching Newsmax TV, now on all major cable systems, smart TVs, and OTT platforms. And vote now in the Newsmax poll. Just text the word NORTH to 39747. That's NORTH to 39747. Let your voice be heard, and watch Newsmax today.
4: Coinbase, the country's largest cryptocurrency exchange, is expected to go public today at what could be a valuation better than $100 billion. This gives crypto a Wall Street seal of legitimacy after an early existence marred by ties to illicit goods. The Nasdaq last night gave Coinbase a $250 per share reference price. Several former Trump administration officials are starting a new political group looking to promote the 45th president's policies. Former Trump domestic policy head Brooke Rollins announced the launch of the America First Policy Institute in a video on Tuesday. Former Trump White House advisors Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump will be informal advisors to the new group. Democrats in the U.S. House of Representatives on Wednesday will try to advance a bill that could lead to reparations for black Americans as part of a broader effort to address centuries of enslavement. It does face an uphill climb in Congress where prominent Republicans oppose the measure and none have joined the 175 Democrats who signed on as co-sponsors. USA Radio News.
20: Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach and I want to tell you that arthritis is not a genetic thing, it's not a disease of aging, neither is osteoporosis. Get a hold of my book. It's all in your head. goes into the 25 different diseases you get when you have osteoporosis of the skull. These are all reversible. You take the Healthy Bone and Joint Pack, the MSM, vitamin D3, stay away from all the bad foods, including gluten, and guess what? You'll regrow all your bones, including your skull and your legs and your hips and everything else. Contact us at usaradiohealth.com. That's usaradiohealth.com.
4: As President Biden moves forward with a very expensive infrastructure bill, it is being brought to the attention of the president. Completing the U.S.-Mexico border is infrastructure. Dan Araki from the Ohio USA Radio News Bureau reports.
16: North Carolina Representative Madison Cawthorn has taken a unique approach to trying to get the Southern Border Wall completed. Cawthorn introduced the Donument Act Tuesday, a nod to former President Donald Trump. The bill would establish the border wall as a national monument, permanently protecting it from alteration. Republicans have cited President Biden's decision to halt construction on the wall as one of the reasons for the current surge of illegal crossings at the border. Senator John Thune believes the wall is also a vital piece of infrastructure. The South Dakota Republican says finishing its construction would address a national security issue.
10: One of the things they could do, there's been a lot of talk about infrastructure, the administration is talking about infrastructure bill. One important piece of infrastructure is to finish building the border wall. That would be really important and it's already been funded. Congress has appropriated money for that, the administration has chosen not to to take those dollars and to finish building out the wall. We heard from Border Patrol how important the wall is and and, and how critical it is to uh, to the security down there.
4: Charles Schwab Corporation says it accidentally sent more than a million dollars to Kalen Spadoni in Harvey, Louisiana. Schwab blamed the issue on software. When the company realized the mistake and attempted to take the money back, it was gone and Spadoni wasn't answering her phone. Spadoni was arrested earlier this week and fired from her job as a 911 dispatcher. USA Radio News, I'm Lance Pry.
0: call quit drugs 321 now at 800-338-6906 800-338-6906 that's 800-338-6906 paid for by the detox and treatment helpline
17: rick tittle knows his sports
1: i hate that guy i love that guy oh my gosh he's so fine rick tittle brings home the bacon Fries it up in a pan, and then he eats it. Ricky T in the hizzle for shizzle, biznatch.
2: Thank you for that, and uh, welcome back to the show. McTittle with you. I got a a text and another email about Shakespeare now. What? (laughs) People think I'm obsessed. I'm not. I'm really not obsessed with Shakespeare at all. In fact, when I did get to Stratford-upon-Avon, there was a C.S. Lewis play being done. Stupid Narnia one I went to see. I didn't even get to see Shakespeare at the Royal Shakespeare Company. (laughs) Whatever. Uh, I was in one Shakespeare play in uh, eighth grade, I was in A Midsummer Night's Dream, and I still... I played uh, bottom in the play, within the play. And I still remember, I, I still know all my lines, because those aren't easy lines to, uh, to say. Uh, but uh, no, I have no obsession. Like, I didn't go to the Globe Theater. I remember when... Uh, <clears throat> I had... Uh, my Raider pregame show in London, I brought in a couple of guys, Levi, Damian, Scott Bear, to sit down with me, just say, what have you been doing? Scott Bear went to the West Ham game. Uh, Levi Damian went to the Globe Theater. The uh, Globe Theater is rebuilt, obviously. The original one's not there anymore, but it's some south of the Thames in London. If I was a real Shakespeare freak, uh, I would have gone there. No, and by the way, Shakespeare in Love is one of the stupidest movies ever made. So, I'm not... <laughs> I'm just saying I appreciate it. That's all. We few, we happy few, we band of brothers. That's not Tom Hanks and Spielberg. Shakespeare... All right, why don't we talk some sports? Speaking of the military, we have Marine veteran Craig Grossi. He's coming back on the show after a quick break. We also have Michael Parre. He has a new movie. Olympic swimmer Ryan Murphy makes his return. And triathlete Tim O'Donnell will check in with us in the third hour as well. Your calls in between all that at 1-800-878-PLAY, 1-800-878-7529. Saluting our military, listening on American Forces Radio Network and 500 outlets, 177 countries. Proud of you. Come home soon. I'm Rick Tittle. Come home.
21: Hi, this is Ron Barr, and I've got great news for anyone suffering from ongoing pain due to aging, overexertion, and the effects of everyday living. Relief Factor is a 100% research-based formula that was created to combat the root causes of inflammation. Relief Factor is designed to address sore muscles, stiff joints, aches, and the general discomfort you may feel. There are four key ingredients, and each approaches the body's natural inflammatory response function from a different metabolic pathway. And they've got something special for Sports Byline Network listeners. You can get their three-week quick start program for just $19.95. That's only 95 cents a day. Head to relieffactor.com or call 1-800-500-8384. Relief Factor helps to support a healthy response to inflammation and decreases discomfort from the effects of daily living, and you can get yours at relieffactor.com or by calling 1-800-500-8384. Your life, your freedom, get back to living at relieffactor.com.
0: I am a non-attorney spokesperson representing a team of lawyers who've helped people that have been injured or wronged. Have you been diagnosed with cancer? Are you one of the millions who have taken Zantac or other generic versions of this popular drug to help treat stomach issues? Then pay close attention to this message. The FDA said it detected low levels of a probable cancer-causing chemical known as NDMA in Zantac and other generic forms of this popular drug. They've banned sales and even removed it from the market. If you've been diagnosed with cancer and you've taken Zantac or a generic equivalent, call the legal helpline now. You could receive a free cash award and have your medical expenses covered. And there's no upfront cost to you. They only get paid if you win. So please call now, 800-251-7460. 800-251-7460. 800-251-7460. That's 800-251-7460.
6: Time for your Small Business Report presented by Dell Small Business. Even though you may feel like it's not essential, it's smart to have an accountant you can go to as needed. Not necessarily hiring one to keep on staff with you, but finding a certified CPA you can hire to do your taxes when the time comes and get financial advice from when you need it. It also never hurts to have an accountant review your business's cash flow to make sure you're covered in an unpredictable economic situation. If you know your numbers and stay on top of them, you'll always be in a better situation. And that's your Dell Small Business Report. What do you get when you talk to a
4: Dell Technologies advisor? hmm hmm You get someone who understands there's an art to listening. Uh-huh. Sure. Who's able to hear more than what's being said and can provide tailored mm-hmm. small business solutions that make you feel okay. truly heard.
1: I understand. Let's get started.
4: For advice on everything from laptops to the cloud and solutions powered by Intel vPro platform, call an advisor today at
7: 877-ASK-DELL.
2: Check me out. Thank you for that. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on American Forces Radio Network. It's great to have Craig Grossi back on the show, Marine Corps veteran. His book from William Morrow Press just came out yesterday. It's called Second Chances, A Marine, His Dog, and Finding Redemption. Craig, welcome to the show again. um, We got to meet Fred in uh your first book uh Craig and Friend and uh, just talk a little bit about who Fred what is and where did you find Fred
22: Yeah yeah thanks thanks for having us back Rick it's it's awesome awesome to be with you and um yeah I found found Fred in in one of the most uh unlikely places that I can imagine uh, a a really remote and hostile battlefield uh in, in Afghanistan in the area called Sangin uh way back in in 2010 now and uh it's been over 10 years and and the adventure has just kind of continued uh, ever since those those first moments together.
2: You know, it's interesting. I was looking at your book online and there I saw Mein Freund Fred, you know, it's in German. Oh, Did you yeah. ever think that that this was going to have like an international there's just something about dogs. It doesn't matter what country you're in, everybody wants to hear about it, right?
22: That's right. Yeah, I mean it's yeah, it's pretty pretty incredible to have uh have our story written in in German and um and no, I mean i I my just even just the concept of writing writing a book was uh was a little intimidating and a little uh scary to me at in the beginning, and then the best I think I could have hoped for with Craig and Fred was that I could just at least get it published and get it out into the world. I could have never imagined the response uh from people all over our country and all over the world from every demographic and walk of life that are just drawn to to this story. And, and, uh, it's, just, it's such a, uh, an amazing and beautiful thing to see. And I'm really proud of, of, you know, kind of the, the next evolution of, of my adventures with, with Fred, the next chapter, if you will, in, in Second Chances.
2: Yeah. And that is the second, uh, the second chapter, Second Chances, and you guys living in Maine and, um, yep. dealing with, with PTSD, people with PTSD veterans and, uh, people who are incarcerated. Tell us a little bit more about what goes on in this book.
22: Yeah, I mean it's, it's another another really unlikely place, you know, for Fred and I to, to end up together. But he, the through, uh, I never really say no to a, a speaking opportunity, especially um, you know just one that's that um, seems like it's a, a place that that could really use a, a story like like mine and Fred. Um, and so when I was asked to come up to Main State Prison and, and speak to the staff and, and some of the population up there, uh, you know, I jumped at the opportunity. But I realized really quickly that. Um, you know, yeah, I was, I was coming up there with Fred and we were going to have a lot of fun, but there was actually a lot for me to think about and a lot for me to learn from the men up there who were incarcerated. Um, and that happened very quickly. And, and I instantly kind of felt a, a pull to continue to, to spend time up there. Um, and so, um, that's exactly what I did. And, and that's kind of how, this this next book, the uh, Second Chances, was born was through getting to know the the men up there um, through a writing program that I set up and through observing them just kind of as a as a fly on the wall through while they trained um, little puppies uh, into uh, full fledged service dogs for for veterans, which is a, a pretty incredible process.
2: That's the thing I, I think a lot of us. You know, we we think about because I drive by, drive by San Quentin all the time in the Bay Area, and you just yeah. think, yeah, well, lock them up, and, lock them up, and throw away the key. And for some criminals, that is the case. But for a lot of these guys, uh, they they do have, um, uh, you know, they are people who found themselves in bad situations. And you think about the fact that you give them a Labrador puppy, and now they have to train these things uh, and you just think about having a sense of self-worth and, and, and uh, w- what change have you seen in these inmates?
22: Yeah, it's, um, it's incredible. And yeah, and you're, you're right to, to a degree that, yeah, there is that element, of course, that is, you know, we just have to kind of, for the safety of, of themselves and for society kind of, um, you know, keep them confined. But I, I would say that through my experience thus far as, as, a, as a guard for the first four years in, in my military career to, to now as a volunteer you know with with men up in a maximum security prison that the vast majority of the time it, these these men are, and people and there's women too all in our prisons um, you know are worthy and capable of, of redemption and that's exactly what I saw um, through their work with with the puppies and the work that they're willing and trying to do uh, on themselves which is uh, you know just some of the, the, the most incredible things I've, I've ever witnessed
2: and we do give second chances to celebrities and athletes and politicians, but not Joe Blow. Sure. Right? Yeah.
22: yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's 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 an interesting, you know. That's there's there's a lot to be talked about in terms of, you know, policies and 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 um, law enforcement kind of, you know, just uh, approaches uh, around the country, um, and, and that those are important conversations that 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 uh, need to be had, but. When it comes to this book and, and the focus that, that I really um, put into it, uh, is, is my hope is from the cultural standpoint that we can, as a country, start to 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 give some of those those breaks and some of those second chances to people who have served, you know, served their time, served, the, you know, paid their debt to society. Um, we need to think about ways to to break walls down for them once they've done that. Uh, if we're really, if we really care about, um, you know, that 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 institution of of prison that we we have really uh, really stood up here,
2: I would imagine too, with all the red tape and bureaucracy that has to do with our military. Sometimes, when you said, "Hey, this dog, I'm taking it home," they'd be like, "Well, we got to quarantine it. We got to give it shots." Like, did you get a lot of pushback yeah. from that? <laughs>
22: yeah, with the first book, that was. Uh that was, yeah, that was an interesting um, thing to think about, but uh, with both books, actually with Craig and Fred and with, with second chances. um, And I think a lot of veteran authors have to do this. You, uh, you have to submit your manuscript before it's published. You have to submit it to the department of defense. And there's a whole uh, process of that where they, they read it and they review it and they, and they, um, you know, will ask you to redact certain things that are sensitive uh, or maybe broke some rules like sneaking a dog and, um, out of a country. Uh, and I'm, I'm proud to say with, uh, with both books that there was very little that, uh, that they asked me to, to remove. And, um, and so that, yeah, it's where we're, I think legally we're, you know, we, we've, uh, we've cleared the, the hoops there in terms of, uh, w- <laughs> what I was able to, to get away
2: with, with Fred. <laughs> Everybody should check out the book. Second chances, a Marine, his dog and finding redemption. And, uh, we have been speaking with Craig Grossi, purple heart winner, Georgetown grad. And, uh, uh, Craig, uh, as always, thanks for your service. Congratulations on the book. Available now from William Morrow, by the way. Hopefully we'll catch up down the road, man.
22: Yeah, I hope so, man. I, I really appreciate you having me on. It's, a, it's awesome. Awesome to be with you.
2: All right. Good stuff. Craig Grossi, everyone. the um, other thing you might have heard at the uh, top of the hour that uh, President Biden said that he's taken all troops out of Afghanistan on 9-11 or by 9-11, I should say. And I didn't ask Craig about that because he's not a politician. And, um, you know, uh, soldiers, Marines, airmen, sailors, what have you, they they go where they're told to go. Um, But as I said, they don't make policy. And whether you're worried about the return of the Taliban or you think we've been there too long one way or the other, these guys, they said he's a combat vet. If you don't know what a Purple Heart is, a Purple Heart is when you are wounded uh, you're better off not getting a purple heart uh, because that means you were not, uh, you never got wounded. So uh, it's a it's a great story, and and as always, um, it's amazing what pets can do for you. I know that my uh, friend said that her mother was in the hospital and going through a bad way, and they brought in a uh, one of those. Uh, emotional support dogs and the dog just laid in bed with her and she kept her hand on the dog the whole night and she got through the night and my friend was like if that dog wasn't there i don't know what would have happened it's important stuff all right i'm rick tittle we'll take a quick break we got some open lines on the other side come on back on sports bio
0: That's 800-410-4771. Hey, travelers, do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call.
24: That's right, call, because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. Our prices are too low to publish online.
0: That's 855-325-1780. Do you need to sell your home? If you've sold a home before, you remember how stressful and expensive it was. Sold.com is here to help you sell your home for the most money and with the least amount of stress. There are new ways to sell your home that you've never heard of before. Did you know there are companies who will offer you cash for your home? 800 449 1759. Again, that's 800 449 1759. Hadel is going to go to the air. He's back to pass. He throws deep to the end zone, batted up in the air, intercepted by Dan Connors. It was a deflection, hit into the air by Willie Brown. And Connors came down with a pass. And the Raiders stopped the Chargers without six, without even three on that drive.
11: about anything else when you've got rick tittle on the radio
2: oh bless you welcome back to the show michael paray will be uh, joining us in the next segment and we will have a parade one 800 play you know yesterday when i talked about julian edelman you said edelman by the way whenever i do that um that goes back to a sketch when um, when Dick Ibersole took over SNL from Lauren Michaels briefly. He did something which was pretty smart because he realized when Eddie Murphy left, it was basically just Joe Piscopo, which isn't saying much. So he signed on one-year deals Martin Short, Christopher Gus, and Billy Crystal. He just threw in three huge ringers. Um, Anyway, Billy Crystal, of course, had Fernando and all the other people they could have. Um, But there was a sketch where Billy Crystal was a rabbi and the guy came in and said, Hi, I'm Fred Edelman. And he goes, Oh, hello, Mr. Edelman. He goes, Edelman. He goes, You said Edelman. He goes, No, it's Edelman. He goes, Fine, if you don't want to use your real name, sit down, Mr. Smith. So I always go, you said Edelman. I'll get to that in a second. Let's go to Charlie in New York City. What's going on, Charlie?
12: Hey, Rick. Jed Lowry, MVP. You know what? That's <laughs> At son least of come-
2: a – he's 37 years old on Saturday, and he hates Oakland. He and, hates <laughs> Oakland. And that son of a – he can only play well in the green and gold. I guess that's it. I-
12: uh, he's on pace for 100 and like I think 58 RBIs, <laughs> 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 and he's batting three. There. He hit the clutch three-run tying home run yesterday. Listen, if he can hit, put him out there. What can you do? I mean, he's, play, he's playing well. What can you say? Um, should we be concerned about Lazardo?
2: Or is it is well? That, yeah, we, I mean, he was awful again, and uh, hopefully, it's just a tweak here or there. I think Emo Scott Emerson, the pitching coach better figure it out the sharpish, but yeah, I mean that game, they were down five to nothing and uh, I had almost no hope and it goes to show you um, just how bad the opposition is, but it also goes to show you that the A's have put that first week behind them, I guess, Laureano leads the league and he's got eight steals in nine games, like who, no one steals like that anymore, No, Uh, it's just, there's, there's some weird stuff going on.
12: Yeah, and, you know, Olsen's out of the lineup, and they, and they sort of have this ragtag team. Uh, Andrews, Elvis Andrews, has not done much at all. Oh, like I know. Players... I
2: was saying, oh, we got a better guy, and he's hitting like oh forty eight. <laughs> I know. It seems like any player we get from Texas sort of uh, spits the bit for us. But, um, yeah,
12: I mean, yeah. So, uh, listen, they dip definitely five out of six. Great comeback win. And I know they're playing a lousy team, but, they're you know, Houston has lost four in a row. So, I mean, it's, you know, a long, a long ways to go, but I just wanted to get your vibe on Jed Lowry because the dude is raking, he's a doubles machine for the ace.
2: Well, yeah, I, t- I said it was humiliating that they even signed him. It was humiliating oh, that no, he made the I team. Agree. And he I basically agree. just slapped me in the face twice. And you know you what? Know. I'm happy about it. I would Absolutely. much rather uh, be happy than write.
12: Yes. I agree. And after he slapped you, I'm sure he kicked me once or twice. So, uh, listen, like keep it up. Anyway, Greg, that's all I got, buddy. Talk to you later.
2: Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Yeah, there was uh, both teams. The Giants were down by four yesterday. You know, it's weird. I was thinking, why are you putting Mark Hanna for the A's in the, the top of the lineup? And it's like, well, it's for his, uh, you know, on-base percentage. And he leads the league in runs. But the thing about Loriano that I like, and by the way, he seems like a, just a humorless guy. <laughs> he just seems just always plays with a frown on his face. Uh, the last guy to have eight steals through the first nine games was Ricky Henderson, who had nine steals through the first nine games. The fact that I'm even mentioning his name with Ricky Henderson shows you he's doing something. But and a couple times he stole third with uh you know, without two outs, you know, it's like, or with less than two outs, I should say. I mean, if you <clears throat> want to get into position for a sack fly, I get it. But if you're on second base with two outs, well, you just, you're in scoring position where you just stand there. Don't make the last out at third. They always say, don't make the last out at third. Don't make any out at third would be nice or anywhere else. How about, nope, don't make outs. That'd be good. Yeah. Uh but no one steals anymore. So why would pitchers even think about paying attention? You know, they'll look over and when they throw over now, do they try to pick you off? No, they basically throw an ethos. It's just this cursory. Okay. I stepped off the rubber. I want you to walk back a couple steps. How many guys have to actually dive back? Maybe 10%, you know, guys who are actually a threat. So with, Pitchers just knowing that no one steals anymore. You get it. And listen, the scouting report is out, though. They're going to have to pay attention to them. And that's good. <clears throat> you think about how much uh, it helps the hitter when the pitcher's worried about who gets on base. When um, uh, Gio Gonzalez was with the A's. He, whenever somebody got on base, this is when he was very, very young. Whenever somebody got on base, the wheels flew off. And it's funny because Gio is such a nice guy. And he like thanked me for being on my show. He's the only athlete I've ever had in my life who called me during the show and said, can I be a guest? And that was because on my Facebook page, um, someone went on his Facebook page and said, hey, you should call this number and be a guest on Rick's show. And he called and said, yeah, they're, they're telling me I should call in. <laughs> He's just ridiculous. And you saw the thank you letter. The thank you letter he put after he retired to all the teams he played for was pretty amazing. But <clears throat> he used to do this thing where if he threw a ball and the guy didn't swing and the umpire called a ball, but Gio thought that it was a strike. When the ball got thrown back, Gio would snatch it out of the air really hard. And it was actually my friend, Michael Urban, who told him in the clubhouse, because every time you do that, you cost yourself another strike. He's like, what do you mean? He goes, the umpires hate that. You're showing them up when you snatch it really mad like that. Just, you know, just stay calm. And he's like, oh, thank you for telling me. And he meant it. But anyway, uh, I, I digress. 1-800-878-PLAY. Uh, the other thing is, to is and i'm i'm as guilty of it as anyone as you you see someone who you think is gonna stink and then they play well and look it's april the greatest player i ever saw in my life in april was mike davis not the raiders safety but the a's outfielder he always hit like 490 in april and then he hit like 120 the rest of the season and ended up the year batting like 231 (laughs) but uh it is april but as I mentioned, Jed Lowry turns 37 on Saturday, and he, for all the money he made with the Mets for two years, he had one walk and no hits, but he played in five games. Um, I know Melissa Lockhart tweeted out that uh, maybe the Mets should have let Lowry have that knee surgery. I, I didn't know, was, was that a thing? He wanted knee surgery and the Mets wouldn't let him have it? Was that a thing? I just whenever I looked at and I wasn't often, but whenever I heard anything about Lowry and you did hear because it was the Mets and anything New York's going to get more publicity was the fact that, you know, Lowry is almost back. He's almost back. Oh, he's at a setback. He's almost returning now. Oh, now he had another setback. They're thinking three weeks. It was never like, you know, some ACL Achilles. You know, it was never anything, you know, l- l- broken leg. It was always just, eh, he's got a little bit of an ouchie. and Yeah, but he'll be back. And then he just never came back, never came back, never came back. People said he's stealing money. And the story of Billy Bean telling Bobby Kelty, he said, you're stealing money in front of everyone because he didn't think he was really hurt. Uh, Whether that's true or not. uh, That story, I don't know because I wasn't there. But uh, I think most athletes... I remember Rob Nan used to get that. Rob Nan is stealing money from the Giants. Like, If you know what a competitor Rob Nan is, do you know how much it killed him to just be sitting there making millions of dollars, not being able to pitch? Do you think those guys like it? In every blue moon, you get a guy like Matt Kane, who the Giants, what do they owe him, like another $18 million? And he goes, I, I stink. I'm not, com- <laughs> I'm not taking the player option or whatever it was. I'm not taking the last year of my contract. You know, so Jed Lowry signs, and uh, from day one, that's I guess he was going to be the everyday second baseman. And uh, so far, not too shabby. I, I swear he—I guess he can only perform when he he puts on that that double-sided green helmet. Look like Gazoo from the Flintstones. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come on back on Sports Pilot.
9: Nissan believes you deserve a car that thrills you. So we have to ask, does your car thrill you? When you hit the pedal, do you get something back? A chill in your spine, goosebumps on your goosebumps. When you take off, do your fingers tighten around the steering wheel? Does your heartbeat in your stomach and your breath catch in your chest? Does driving make you feel alive? Because it should. And if your car doesn't thrill you, ours will. This is the new Nissan.
23: Hi, I'm calling to schedule a shipment. Indeed
1: knows unexpected employee turnover can turn your business upside down. Last
23: pickup is at 7. Team, we got to hustle. Like
1: Atsumi's online chai company, to, to avoid pay. back orders, she needs to, need to get started hiring people. right, right away. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. And the moment you sponsor a job on Indeed, you get a short list of quality candidates from our resume database. Visit indeed.com/credit and get a $75 credit for your first sponsored job post. Terms and conditions apply.
9: That's rexmd.com. It doesn't really matter. I, uh, I don't like my job,
25: and
3: uh, I don't think I'm going to go anymore.
11: Tittle thinks there's a direct correlation between dogs and lightning.
2: Hey, welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast around the world on American Forces Radio Network. There's a brand new movie being released on May 4th, On Demand Digital and DVD. It's based on a true story. It's called Painkiller. And the lead actor joins us now. The seasoned veteran, Michael Pare joins us. Michael, welcome to the show. How close... Would you? Did it come to you being a chef for the rest of your life if you didn't bump into a talent agent? Would the, would, the, would you have been quite content with that, you think?
26: Well, you know, just at the same time that I met uh, Yvette, my, uh, my boss, who was a French chef, uh, told me I could go work for his brother in Marseille. So uh, yeah. it would have been, uh, yeah, a wonderful life. Go to France and work for five years and come back to the United States and open a restaurant in New York. Yeah, I, I would have been pretty content doing that. However, you know, you know, my life took a major turn and I uh, ended up on TV like two years after that event.
2: It's a pretty meteoric rise. Do you ever, uh, you know, some night half asleep, you got the remote in your hand and you're tripping around and then you're like, Oh, yeah, I forgot I was in that. You just hear your voice or you see your face?
26: Well, I'll be honest. Some of the titles I forget, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what was that called? It was, oh, The Colony. Oh, yeah, that's right. Right, yeah. Oh, yeah,
26: this is the one we shot. Was that in Africa or was that the Middle East? or? No, that was Indonesia. You know, it's like those kind of things, yeah.
2: <laughs> well, You've done so much, uh, so many movies, so much TV. What would be maybe, you know, you just mentioned a couple of places, what would be maybe the most uh, fantastic place you got to shoot and maybe the biggest dump where you had to shoot? Well, um,
26: you know, Indonesia uh, was very exotic, okay? And um, I visited this, uh, the biggest Buddhist temple in the world which was just discovered like 150 years ago. It was buried beneath volcanic ash. So that was really amazing, right? And then also there was abject poverty in the slums of Jakarta. So, I mean, talk about dumb. I worked in South Africa before, during and after the apartheid uh, situation. And, uh, you know, that was bad. But, you know, abject poverty in a place where humidity is like 80 degrees and it's 115 degrees in the shade, Um, there's a lot of hungry, starving, you know, desperate people there.
2: Yeah, that's got to leave a mark as well. Yeah, right. But, you know, like I
26: said, you know, working in uh, Shenzhen or in Hong Kong, uh, you know, that was also really amazing. But, you know, that's also politically unstable. And, uh, you know, hey, man, in Africa, come on. I was in Joburg before, before Mandela was elected, and then the next time I went there, he—I uh, was there for the election, and then I was there afterwards, and with like three different countries, of course.
2: That's
16: I mean, excellent.
26: It's the same place, but I, three different feelings, you know.
2: Yeah, no, that's very interesting. All right, let's talk about uh, painkiller. Um, the uh, little blurb is after losing a daughter to a drug overdose, a broken father begins a vigilante campaign to bring down the white collar criminals behind the opioid epidemic. Uh, tell us a little bit more about how this, this character in the story uh, blossoms here. Well, my
26: guy, my character, the person that I'm portraying is uh, like the distributor for a major pharmaceutical company. I uh, take it around to a lot of independent doctors and, you know, in Florida, they have those uh, pain clinics. I don't know if you're aware of that, but you can pretty much go in and and say, I've got a, you know, an ache in my back and they'll prescribe Oxycontins for you because all of those, you know, right to the public distributors, they get a major kickback from the pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical companies. So it's like they probably get 30 cents on the pill, you know, so it's, it's, and it's all completely legal which is what caused the epidemic up the whole East Coast. In Boston, you know, they had these guys who were driving down to Florida and buying, you know, a few thousand oxy pills and driving them back up to Boston. And as you know, that, you know, that oxy epidemic in Boston is just horrendous. It's uh, destroyed the whole middle class. Well, not all of it, but I mean, addiction is a major
2: problem in uh, the developed worlds, developed countries. Yeah. No, it's definitely a, uh, a timely story. How does it work? You know, do like, your, it's, does it's your agent about... say I got something for you or, or is this the type of thing where, you know, uh, somebody writes the part for you? How, how does that work? Do you, are you at the part where you, uh, in your career, where you still have to audition or do you, you just walk right in?
26: No, I audition for a lot of things. Um, but a lot of people I've worked with, you know, I've been doing it for 40 years. So, uh, yeah. you know, the longer you're yeah. in the business, the smaller the circle gets. And um, Mark Savage, the writer, director and uh, co-producer, you know, called me up and said, Michael, I've got this great part for you. And uh, he sent me the script. And uh, I said, wow, this is an important story. I'd love to be a part of it. And other things like uh, working with Brad Furman, I usually have to audition, um, you know, for the big, you know, for the big studio roles and the network shows, you got to audition no matter who you are, usually.
2: I know also, by the way, we're speaking with Michael Paré, the new film Painkiller, coming out on, uh, next month on the 4th. You've worked a lot with the German director Uwe Boll. What, what is it when you, <laughs> you find a guy where you just kind of find that you guys just mesh together, right? Yeah,
26: well, you know, we had, we had completely opposite political views. You know, he was born and raised in uh, Western Germany, so he's, he's a very liberal guy. And um, you know, it's funny that um he comes to the United States and Canada and he s picks us apart. But we cook together. Uh we're big boxing fans. Uh he's a very intelligent, you know, you know, educated guy, Uber. And um, you know, you find you meet somebody, you know, you work with and you have uh, fruitful debates. You know, so I think it's a good idea that you can find somebody to debate with and change your your opinion. And, uh, you know, what do you call that? Um, Open to a good argument. (laughs) You know, the idea that Angela Merkel uh, opened the borders in Western Europe and now the social welfare program is collapsing. It's like morally it's a good idea to help the third world, but economically it's bad. So, uh, you know, you can... You, know, you can talk about that for a long time.
2: Yeah, and also, uh, we don't do that anymore. We don't really discuss things. It's just like, if you're against me, you stink. So it's good to have those discussions.
26: Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. And When you find somebody that you can have a, a
2: deep, complex discussion or debate
26: with and still end up having dinner together and laughing, uh, that's, that's, that's very uh, fertile grounds for growth. Personal growth is... Uh, Look, man, I don't want to get too philosophical, but I think (laughs) when you stop growing, you start to stagnate and then you
2: start to degenerate.
26: You know, um, it's important to seek out new ideas and uh, become more than you were uh, a few years ago.
2: And, of course, when you see a name like Paré, you're thinking about your uh, French-Canadian roots. That's on your your dad's side. Do Do you have relatives up there in Quebec? Yeah,
26: actually, uh, there's a street in Montreal called Paré uh, Boulevard, or Rue Paré, and uh, there's a big Paré population up there. We came over, I was standing on the set one day in Montreal, and in, in this, uh, I think it was a special effects girl, kept bumping into me, and I said, so what's up with you? And she says, how you doing, cuz? I said, what are you talking about? She says, I'm a Paré, and I said, Really? And she said, yeah, we're, we're, we're relatives. And the next day she brought in our family tree and there was, uh, an Ambrose Paré who landed in Montreal in 1643. They came over to the new world and were making paper and then they evolved into printers. And my grandfather immigrated from Montreal when like the turn of, uh, like around 1905, 1905 down to New York and, You know, they became printers in New York. So
2: the Powerade family goes way back in Canada.
26: We're all over uh, the East Coast of Canada.
2: Very cool. I think about going way back to, you know, there's (laughs) Rob, um, uh, I should say, uh, I can't remember his name now. Anyway, there was an actor telling a story about how he was with another actor and they were like best friends for eight months doing a movie. And then he saw him again a year later and the guy was like, yeah, we're not on the set anymore. So we're kind of not friends. So I thought that was kind of, I thought that was kind of weird, but I look at like Eddie and the cruisers and you think about Tom Berenger and Joe Pantaleone, uh, Ellen Barkin, are they still friends of yours or is that a hundred well, years ago? I haven't
26: seen Tom in a while, but I spoke to him a few years ago and, uh, Joey pants and I, uh, have a lot of mutual friends and, uh, you know, we're, we're still buddies. If we see each other, it's big hug. Good to see you, Joe, but you know, he's in Connecticut. I'm in Los Angeles. Tom, is living like a gypsy now that he's he's got like, I think he's got like eight grandchildren. So he's traveling around visiting his grandchildren all the time. But uh, Ellen, I haven't seen. I saw Matt Lawrence, you know, because he was in the sequel to Eddie and the Cruises, and we were buddy, we were really tight on one. But now he's in Kentucky. I think he's a sportscaster. Hmm. I like so, that you know, Joey uh, Pants. <laughs> yeah, I know. Jo- yeah. Joey Pants from Old Balkan. Yo, hey, man, right? <laughs> Sounds like a bookie. <laughs>
2: What part of Brooklyn were you from? Bay Ridge. Bay Ridge. Excellent. All right. Well, I want to make sure everybody checks out Painkiller. It is available on demand uh, on uh, May 4th. And we have been speaking, as I mentioned, with the seasoned veteran actor, Michael Paré. Michael, thanks for being on the show, man. And uh, hopefully we'll catch up down the road. Okay. Take care, man. Have a good one. All right. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back on Sports Pilot.
0: That's 800-410-4771. Hey travelers, do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone
24: and call. That's right, call because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. Our prices are too low to publish online.
0: That's 855-325-1780. Do you need to sell your home? If you've sold a home before, you remember how stressful and expensive it was. Sold.com is here to help you sell your home for the most money and with the least amount of stress. There are new ways to sell your home that you've never heard of before. Did you know there are companies who will offer you cash for your home? 1759 800 449 1759 again that's 800 449 1759
21: you're so ugly you could be a modern art masterpiece
11: I'm percent sure Rick Tittle is the father of my child, but I'm 100% sure Rick Tittle is a jackass.
2: All right. <laughs> Thank you for that. That's great stuff. Uh, still to come in the next hour, we're going to have uh, some uh, very athletic gentlemen. We're going to have the young Olympic swimmer, Ryan Murphy. He makes a return to the show. Go beers. That's right. You'll tell the story. You'll tell the whole damn world. This is bear territory. Also, the triathlete, Tim O'Donnell. Uh, will join us. <clears throat> Michael Pare I said he was from Bay Ridge. That's uh, the part of Brooklyn kind of like where the Verrazano Narrows um, bridge connects with New Jersey, or with uh, Staten Island I should say. Um, and if you go up just a little bit farther than that and you keep going up, uh, I remember, you know, above that is like Red Hook and Cobble Hill, but in Brooklyn Heights, which is down like straight across from, uh, lower Manhattan. I had one of my greatest sports moments and, uh, there was no one there to see it. And (laughs) this is going to sound dumb. This is a few years ago, but you know, it's December, it's like freezing, there's snow everywhere. And I was walking along the shore there where they have these like, uh, Pier two, pier three, and they got basketball courts and stuff. But it's kind of parkish. So I was making these snowballs and I was throwing them. And there was, you know, those garbage cans that have like the, they're like whatever, four feet high and they got the rounded top. And then when you put the garbage in, the little door swings from a hinge on the top and then it, uh, you know, closes automatically. It's got the little spring. So. I saw one of those that had to be, I don't know, 40 yards away. And I made this real tight snowball and I threw it, this high arcing throw, just woo, into the distance. Bam, right in the middle of the lid, the snowball went into the garbage can, threw itself away, more or less, and the lid closed. I'm by myself and I'm like, ah! ah, yelling with my hands in the air. I think there was one girl jogging who jogs in the snow. But I went over and there was a big wet spot <laughs> on my crotch. No, there was a big wet spot in the middle of the door of the garbage can where I hit it. And I took a picture of the wet spot just for those people who would believe me. Just <laughs> it was like my it was like really just proof to myself that. I made the greatest throw in the history of snowballs. I don't know. I guess that's, is that kind of stupid? Maybe just a little bit. By the way, your participation uh, is encouraged if you would like to uh, chime in at uh, 1-800-878-PLAY, 1-800-878-7529. If you want to write me an email, it's rick at sportsbyline.com. I usually check that email well, every couple days, usually around 2 a.m. So you can get in and get heard. Um, we'll take another hard news break. We'll come on back on Sports byline.
7: LSA Radio
9: News with Lance
4: Pride. National Guardsmen and local law enforcement used pepper spray and flashbangs to disperse protesters in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, Tuesday as tensions ran high for a third straight night following the cop killing of Dante Wright. Sixty people in the area were arrested Tuesday night. Dante was being arrested for an armed robbery warrant when the cop mistook her service revolver for a taser during the struggle. Health officials stress that there have been no reports of serious side effects with the Pfizer or Moderna vaccines. And even with J&J, there's only six cases of blood clots reported so far. Janet Woodcock, the acting Food and Drug Administration Commissioner, said the pause could be for a matter of days. A CNN director admitted that the network actively worked to get President Trump out of office, even creating propaganda on issues they knew little about to further the goal. In a secretly recorded conversation, CNN technical director Charlie Chester said, look what we did. We, as in CNN, got Trump out. USA Radio News.
19: Newsmax, you like Newsmax, I like it too. Trump is right. Millions are tuning into Newsmax TV and going to Newsmax.com for real news. Some polls give Joe Biden a high job approval, even 60%. Now Newsmax is asking if you agree with that. Do you really approve of Joe Biden, his policies, and $4 trillion in spending? And do you think President Trump did a better job? Let us know. Vote in the Newsmax poll right now. Just text the word NORTH to 39747. That's NORTH to 39747. It takes just a minute. Let America know who you like better, Biden or Trump. Tens of millions are watching Newsmax TV, now on all major cable systems, smart TVs, and OTT platforms. And vote now in the Newsmax poll. Just text the word NORTH to 39747. That's NORTH to 39747. Let your voice be heard, and watch Newsmax today.
4: Coinbase, the country's largest cryptocurrency exchange, is expected to go public today at what could be a valuation better than $100 billion. This gives crypto a Wall Street seal of legitimacy after an early existence marred by ties to illicit goods. The Nasdaq last night gave Coinbase a $250 per share reference price. Several former Trump administration officials are starting a new political group looking to promote the 45th president's policies. Former Trump domestic policy head Brooke Rollins announced the launch of the America First Policy Institute in a video on Tuesday. Former Trump White House advisors Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump will be informal advisors to the new group. Democrats in the U.S. House of Representatives on Wednesday will try to advance a bill that could lead to reparations for black Americans as part of a broader effort to address centuries of enslavement. It does face an uphill climb in Congress where prominent Republicans oppose the measure and none have joined the 175 Democrats who signed on as co-sponsors. USA Radio News.
20: Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach and I want to tell you that arthritis is not a genetic thing, it's not a disease of aging, neither is osteoporosis. Get a hold of my book. It's all in your head. goes into the 25 different diseases you get when you have osteoporosis of the skull. These are all reversible. You take the Healthy Bone and Joint Pack, the MSM, vitamin D3, stay away from all the bad foods, including gluten, and guess what? You'll regrow all your bones, including your skull and your legs and your hips and everything else. Contact us at usaradiohealth.com. That's usaradiohealth.com.
4: As President Biden moves forward with a very expensive infrastructure bill, it is being brought to the attention of the president. Completing the U.S.-Mexico border is infrastructure. Dan Araki from the Ohio USA Radio News Bureau reports.
16: North Carolina Representative Madison Cawthorn has taken a unique approach to trying to get the Southern Border Wall completed. Cawthorn introduced the Donument Act Tuesday, a nod to former President Donald Trump. The bill would establish the border wall as a national monument, permanently protecting it from alteration. Republicans have cited President Biden's decision to halt Construction on the wall as one of the reasons for the current surge of illegal crossings at the border. Senator John Thune believes the wall is also a vital piece of infrastructure. The South Dakota Republican says finishing its construction would address a national security issue.
10: One of the things they could do. There's been a lot of talk about infrastructure. The administration is talking about infrastructure bill. One important piece of infrastructure is to finish building the border wall. That would be really important, and it's already been funded. Congress has appropriated money for that. The administration has chosen not to take those dollars and to finish building out the wall. We heard from Border Patrol how important the wall is and and, and how critical it is to uh, to the security down there.
4: Charles Schwab Corporation says it accidentally sent more than a million dollars to Kalen Spadoni in Harvey, Louisiana. Schwab blamed the issue on software. When the company realized the mistake and attempted to take the money back, it was gone and Spadoni wasn't answering her phone. Spadoni was arrested earlier this week and fired from her job as a 911 dispatcher. USA Radio News, I'm Lance Pry.
0: Call Quit Drugs 321 now at 800-338-6906, 800-338-6906. That's 800-338-6906, paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline.
17: Rick Tittle knows his sports.
1: I hate that guy. I love that guy. Oh my gosh, he's so fine. Rick Tittle brings home the bacon, fries it up in a pan, and then he eats it. Ricky T in the hizzle for shizzle biznatch.
2: Hey, thank you for that, and uh, welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you, coast-to-coast, border-to-border, and around the world on American Forces Radio Network. I say it a lot, but uh, a lot of people are just tuning in. You know, I saw one time on um, the interview with uh, the Eagles, and uh, they talked about, uh, well, you know... uh, Somebody out there is just now hearing Hotel California for the first time ever. And uh, we're sick of singing it, but uh, we have to bring it each and every time. And it's like, uh, yeah, you do. Yeah, I get that. I totally get it. I remember Ronnie James Dio, who, by the way, sucked. Uh, That's fine by himself, but he sucked with Sabbath. And he said, if I have to sing Iron Man one more time. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> what did he say, Rick? <laughs> he said, if I have to sing Iron Man one more time. <laughs> one of those things. <clears throat> uh, by the way, do you remember last year Jadavian Clowney had an offer on the table to sign with the Cleveland Browns? And he was like, bah, ha, ha, ha. Ah, ha, ha, ha. And then he went to the Titans. Well, he just signed a one-year deal with the Cleveland Browns. That if he hits all his incentives, will go up to ten million. Yeah. So the Browns on the defensive line have signed Malik Jackson and Dak uh, Jack McKinley. They've signed an- linebacker Anthony Walker, safety John Johnson, and uh, now Clowney. And think about Clowney is only twenty-eight years old, the former number one overall pick. So Clowney was traded from Houston to Seattle for that Barquevious Mingo, Jacob Martin, and a third round pick. That didn't last very long either. So we'll see what happens to Browns though. It's kind of the other way around. Oh, now who's the pretty girl going to the prom? We are. That's right. Still $10 million to sneeze at. I ain't sneezing at it, bro. All right, 1-800-878-PLAY. We got another hour together. The Twitter is at Rick Tittle. Sports with Rick Tittle on Facebook. Come on back.
4: Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Is your car no longer stopping like it used to? Don't miss out on spring brake deals at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Our professional parts people will help you find the brake parts and supplies you need to do the job right the first time. You'll find great deals on brake pads and rotors, fluids, degreasers, and more. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.
5: Auto Parts.
0: 800-754-4531
25: your outdoor experiences could be better. Clearly better. Kanan sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. Using Japanese optics, Kanan's lenses are clearer, lighter, and stronger than other lenses. And they're nearly impossible to scratch. With frames handcrafted in Italy, Kanan sunglasses elevate your experiences outside, with a degree of clarity beyond your wildest imagination. Kanan designs and manufactures are high-performance eyewear to be clearly better than any sunglasses you've tried before. Use the exclusive code kanancast 15 at kanan.com to receive 15% off your first pair. That's K-A-E-N-O-N-C-A-S-T-1-5. Kanan. Clearly
2: better. All right, thank you for that. Welcome back to the show, Rick Tittle, with you coast to coast, around the world on American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to welcome back Olympic swimmer Ryan Murphy. And um, last time he was on the show, I asked him if he ever went to Top Dog, and Ryan, you said you have to indulge now and then. Every every once in a while, you got to have a donut, right?
18: I mean, I at this point, I mean, we're sitting at we're sitting at a hundred days out, so. I, I try not to from here on out i'm gonna I'm gonna try to, to hold myself back from from uh, indulging with the donuts.
2: Does it get psychological? because I remember one time when I was playing uh, college football, I had a beer the night before a practice, and then the next day I was just dragging, and then I thought a lot of it might have been just psychosomatic. So I guess there's part of that too, right?
18: Yeah, yeah, I mean, i I don't think I could ever look at a donut and think that's gonna help my performance. Uh, but but I but I think there's definitely a, there's, there's definitely an added psychological impact that I that I do know that it does not help my performance. Now, so at this point, I'm 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 so motivated. I I really just want to do everything right these next couple of months to to give myself the best opportunity that I can to compete really well.
2: Hundred days out from Tokyo, of course, we missed out on Tokyo last time around because of uh, covid um and uh, Ryan's here to talk about dealing with migraines too we're going to get to that in a second but um so your mom dad girlfriend whatever your your buddies no fans is that just something that uh, you just got to block out and and just deal with it is it the kind of thing when you're in the pool you don't really know they're there anyway how you dealing with no fans yeah yeah i mean it's, it it's it's tough
18: because there, there's so many people that, that do have a, a hand in my performance and so in in 2016 one of one of my best memories was was after this winter back my family was able to come down to to row one and, and right after that medal ceremony I was able to, to go up and give them a quick hug um at, at those games honestly my my interaction with my family was was pretty much less than like 30 minutes in total um and, and so it's from a from a human to human interaction point, like that is that is what it is. Um, it, it's more just a bummer for them that they're not able to to be there in person. But but we did recognize that that these Olympic Games are going to look different, and, and we're going to have to make sacrifices in order for them to go on. And, and this is one of those sacrifices. So I'm sure I'm sure my family will will come up with a cool watch party idea. They'll mm-hmm. have a great time, and uh, you know I I can't wait to, to come back after the games and and give them a hug, a kiss, and, and thank them for, for their support.
2: For people who don't know about Ryan, he went to Cal and uh, all four years won the 100 and 200-yard backstrokes uh, for national champion. Then he went to the Olympics, as you mentioned, down there in uh, Rio and dominated the backstroke and the 100 and 200, also got a gold in the 4 by 100 meter uh, medley uh by doing the backstroke there he's basically i know he's modest he's the best backstroke swimmer in the world what is that like ryan when every other human on the face of the earth who's any good at the backstroke is gunning for you to knock you off the top is that kind of a cool challenge
18: yeah it's interesting and i think i i do i do feel that uh on a day-to-day basis at cal the cal's always bringing in the top recruits in the country and and they're always trying to line up next to me they're always trying to and give it their best shot, to push me in practice, and, and so it's great. It, it really does keep me on the top of on top of my game. Uh, I can never settle. I can never rest because it, it's right in my face that that someone's trying to trying to do it. Someone's trying to come after me. It's someone trying to beat me, and uh, and I and I don't want that to happen. I, I really want to help. I really want to help the guys I'm training with get to get to reach their potential. Um, but but ultimately, I'm trying to reach my potential too, and so I. I put a lot of work into being the absolute best I could be.
2: Very good. Now let's talk about migraines because this is something that that I've suffered with. When I was your age and I would get a migraine, I would know because my vision would start to go in like half of my eye. I could only see out of like maybe half. uh, Everything else was blurred. And then I'd have to lay in a dark room and and throw up. As I've gotten older, the vision still goes, but I'm usually now I can sort of just – take some aspirin and and wait an hour and it will go away and then it will linger for a couple of days it's a debilitating thing and it always made me worry what happened if you know right before the big game i got a migraine and i'm sure that's something you think about what if they're about to blow the whistle or sorry the starting gun at the olympics and you got a migraine so uh, what are your migraines like and then how do you deal with them
18: yeah yeah and, and i i appreciate you giving giving some insight into your migraine uh because it because it is a little bit different for, for everyone. For, for me, my migraine, um, typically I'll, you know, obviously I'll start with, with kind of that, that pounding for me, I'll I'll typically start my sinuses and, and kind of spread over, over my face. Um, and then I get really hot. I'll, I'll start like profusely sweating because I think my body's in like almost like a fight or flight mode. Uh, so I'll, I'll put a, a cold cloth on, on my forehead or the back of my neck and 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 then I feel my my shoulders get really tight, so i my muscles start to get tight I try to massage my temples uh and then ultimately like i'll I'll throw up and then and then go to sleep for for a long time uh that's that's how a typical episode is is for me um and and, and it is it is interesting to deal with. I think it's something that I've gotten better at dealing with over time uh and and really a lot of the reason I wanted to partner with, with a brand like Evi Lilly is, is because they're doing incredible work to, to try to prevent these, these symptoms from, from happening as a result of migraines. They've got a lot of really smart people working on these, on these projects, and, and they've come up with some, some really great health solutions.
2: You know, I, I wonder what those are, if you could share with us, because in the 70s when the doctors would look at me, one doctor said, there's an enzyme... That's in Swiss cheese that's causing it. So don't eat that. There was another guy who said, don't eat any chocolate, which broke my heart, which turned out not to be true. I mean, it's almost like these witch doctor or these sort of like these medieval barbers giving me leeches. Where are we with what are the causes of migraines? Are we any closer to finding out the truth?
18: Uh, that's, a, that's a good question because I, I do feel like it's a, it's a pretty individualized thing. Uh, in my family, my mom, my sister, and myself all all suffer from migraine and and it really is brought on by by different things for for each of us for me a lot of a lot of my migraine is come when uh, when when i 'm in uh, high stress situations when I have a bunch on my plate, something like traveling uh, really stresses me out and so a lot of what I try to do is just minimize stress as much of, as much as possible so I try to I try to plan it in advance. If, if I'm going on a, on a trip, I try to pack a little bit further in advance just so that I'm not kind of up against, up against the, the clock as I'm, as I'm trying to get out to the airport. So it, it's, it's a little bit different for, for everyone. Um, and, and for me, it, it, it did take a little while to, to figure out what I need to do to, to give myself as, as little chance as possible of, of getting a migraine.
2: Very cool. Last question for you. What was it like when you got your international swimming career going, representing the United States at the championships in Istanbul? You're a high school kid. What are you, 17 years old? What was that like?
18: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was sweet. Uh, I think that the coolest thing is is you guys sent a, a box of gear before you, before you head on the trip. So, in in the swimming community the the coolest thing is is when you get a usa cap uh with with your name on it so there's the usa flag and then your name's underneath it and and that's just that's, that's honestly like kind of the, kind of the pinnacle of the sport that's kind of when you know uh, that you've made it uh and so going to those championships being surrounded by, by guys that i never thought i'd be able to race against uh it really just gave me a confidence boost that that I was a lot better than than i really thought i was uh, and, and that i that I needed to do everything in my power to to see how far I could take this thing and and here we are ten years later and i'm 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 still going and and I still feel like i'm i'm getting better so it's uh it's been an incredible journey so far and and it's far from over
2: very cool so for more information about dealing with uh migraines is there a website we should check out?
18: Yeah, yeah. If, if you head to, to lily.com, um, they have a lot of information there. And if you're if you're interested in in following my journey and the other Team Lilly athletes' journey to the Olympics, you go to slash team usa uh, They've got a lot of information on that site.
2: Well, listen, we're all behind you as Americans, and especially, you know, I'm an East Bay native, so the Cal Connection is really cool as well. So we're rooting for you. Um, best of luck, and thanks for coming on the show today, Ryan. Awesome. I appreciate
18: it. You
2: have a good one. All right. All right good stuff. Ryan Murphy, everybody. The best in the world at the backstroke. That's just a factual statement. We'll take a quick break. we got an open segment. Come on back on Sports Violet.
0: That's 800-693-8290. Hey travelers, do
24: you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right, call. Because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices.
0: 855-325-1780 855-325-1780 That's 855-325-1780 Are you saying that I put an abnormal brain into a seven and a half foot long 54 inch wide gorilla Is that what you're telling me? (laughs)
11: This is the only sports talk show that features a Rhodes Scholar, but he ain't here today. Now, back to Rick Tittle.
2: Thank you for that. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to welcome to the show one of the greatest uh, triathletes in American history, Tim O'Donnell, and he is here on behalf of uh, Aquasphere. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, Tim, I know you went to the Naval Academy, and uh, I've covered a few Army-Navy games. And my dad was a lieutenant commander in the in the Navy. So, I, first of all, I just want to start off with, don't give up the ship.
14: Yeah, absolutely. I got I have that flag hanging in my training room.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. So, um, before I get into to Aquasphere, and and uh, of course, with your your wife, Rennie, who's a champion herself, what? Was it uh, was it the running, the swimming? What was the thing that you did first before the other two disciplines?
14: I actually I started out as a swimmer. Um, I actually joined my first swim team when I was five years old, uh, and then I swam at the Naval Academy. And uh, it was actually there at the academy that I, I I learned about triathlon. My older brother Thomas was a uh, he was the first class shipman when I was a plebe, and um, for everybody uh, who's Got academy connections, you know. If uh, upper class tells you to do something when you're a bleed, you do it. So he told me to join the tri fund team, and I did it. And it's uh, been my entire career now.
2: In in a way, though, um, do you have to be? But you can say the same thing about a, a like a guy trying to land a, fly, a fighter jet on a, a moving aircraft carrier. To be a triathlete, don't you have to be a little bit nuts? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, i definitely say so.
14: And and I think I burn brain cells when uh, when I'm out there on those eight-hour rides and stuff uh, as fuel. So I've probably made myself even crazier um, uh, along the journey. But uh, luckily, my wife, uh, Rennie, understands because she's a little crazy, too.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No doubt. All right, let's talk about uh, Aquasphere. um, And this has to do with some pretty innovative uh, swimming eyewear. Is that right? absolutely yeah
13: um
2: they've come out with a great
14: new uh range of goggles uh, with lenses for every condition and you know you think about it uh when i'm cycling or running we've we've already figured that out in the sunglass world right that uh you know there's there's uh different different lenses for you know overcast or bright days or whatever whatever you need and and now officer is bringing that into the pool especially in oh, open water too um you know most of our races are or ocean swims or, or lake swims and and the conditions can, can change and you need to be ready for whatever uh, the day, the morning brings.
2: I think, you know, and I'm no triathlete, but whenever I've worn goggles swimming, the first thing is water gets in or they get fogged up or the only way to avoid that is to basically weld them to your face. And then they're, they're too tight. Where, where are we with the aquasphere technology? Oh yeah.
14: (laughs) I, you know, I, I, I remember those days. Like I said, I've been swimming a long time since the mid-80s, and, uh, and goggle technology has come a long way. And it really comes down to uh, just getting the right fit. You know, Oxera has a wide range of different goggle styles that fit different face styles and different size styles, too. Uh, and then you have to, you know, make sure your uh, nose adjustment is correct, too. And, you know, once you do that, you know, super comfortable. An Ironman swim is 2.4 miles. And the cutoff, uh, the cutoff time, I think, is like two hours or, you know, right around two hours. So you could be swimming a long time in open water um, where you're not taking your goggles off, and, and they have to be comfortable, and, and AquaSphere definitely passes that test.
2: You know, uh, we just had in the previous segment the uh, Olympic champion swimmer Ryan Murphy, who uh, went to Cal, and I know that you got your graduate degree out here as well. You're no stranger to these parts.
14: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, I studied ocean engineering at, uh, at Cal after I uh, graduated from Annapolis, and that was an amazing opportunity. Uh, I always joke that when, you know, polar opposites in terms of uh, going from a uh, conservative military school to probably one of the more liberal schools in the country, uh, and I love them. I love them both. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, um, I actually... Uh, I had a great time in Cal and, um, so actually some of the the members of the women's team would swim with our master's group when I was there. Um, super fast, very talented athletes.
2: So when you, uh, were active service, were you Pacific fleet? Were you in DC? What were you doing? Yeah. So
14: I service selected special operations uh, with the EOD community. Uh, got out of grad school, um, went to EOD dive school down in Panama City and then went to my command at EOD Group 1 in Coronado. And from there, I had uh, I'd been winning the Armed Forces National Championships in triathlon. And, um, you know, actually one of my favorite races, very proud that I was able to win six consecutive Armed Forces champs. And uh, my, the Commodore Group 1 kind of caught wind of what I was doing and uh, wanted to support me. So he put me in a, a world-class athlete role and sent me to the Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs because uh, I had made the national team. And I had the opportunity to try to to um, to try to make the
22: Olympics and
14: represent uh, the Navy and uh, the armed forces through sport, you know, as an ambassador through sport.
2: You know, when um, I think about the, you know, tennis, we think Wimbledon and golf, we just had the Masters, what have you. Is it Kona in October, is that kinda like the number one triathlon, the Iron Man? Absolutely, yeah. Um
14: and that was actually frustrating when I was when I was, you know, back in my younger days and I was trying to make the Olympics, um, which it's a big deal, right? But it's a totally different race and it's only two hours and you know, Kona's eight hours and Kona is the pinnacle of the sport. It it truly is. Uh and you would tell people you did triathlon, and they would say, "Oh, do you do the big race in Hawaii?" And I'd say, "Oh, no, I'm trying to make the Olympics." And then they'd be like, "Oh, then you just—they wouldn't care anymore." <laughs> All they care care about is Hawaii. I yeah.
2: would probably think, with your you know uh, background as a, a MIDI that you have a never quit spirit to you. But can you think of one race? maybe a nagging injury or, or maybe, I don't know, a hopelessness? Did you ever think about throwing in the towel in any of your triathlons?
14: Oh, I have too many of those to, to remember, uh, particularly Hawaii. Um, actually, uh, in 2014, I, uh, I pulled uh, an oblique uh, on the bike mm. when I was Ow. climbing, and uh, I ended up, I was walking by mile 10 of the run, so I still had another 16 miles to go. And I was walking away from the finish line because there was an out and back at that point. And, uh, and I thought to myself, like, what are you doing? You're walking away from the finish line. <laughs> like,
16: just throw it in. But I,
14: I had too much, you know, I had so much, I had so much respect for that race. And um, I, I had to get to the finish line, you know. So I walked the next 16 miles. And, and in that time, um, my uh, beautiful bride ran by me uh, while I was walking home on the side of the road. She ended up uh, going on to win uh, the women's race that year. So it was a little bit of a humbling experience, but I'm still glad I made it to the finish line. Uh, and then actually in 2019, I I broke my foot six or seven weeks before the, before the race and I couldn't run going into the race. And, um, you know, I, I had one night where I drank a bottle of wine and sulked when I realized it was broken. And then I said, okay, tomorrow you're going to do whatever you can do, um, to be the best version of yourself. When the gun goes off, if you can get to the start line and, uh, and that's what I did, and, and the gun went off that day, and I had my best performance ever and finished second. So um, that was definitely a do-not-quit uh, type of situation, but kind of leading into the race, I guess.
2: Well, there he is. That's why he's the best. Make sure, by the way, to go online to com to check out some of these great um, uh, goggles and eyewear, established originally in uh, Genoa, Italy, by the way, some European pizzazz to it as well. Hey uh, Tim, <laughs> thanks for coming on the show. And uh, you know, Army Navy game is going to be in New York this year. New Maybe York, yeah. Yep.
14: Yeah, we're hoping to go. Uh, our manager's daughter just got accepted. Uh, she's going to be a plebe uh, this July, so we might
2: might go out with her and um, cheer on our Navy team. Outstanding. Thanks, Tim. Talk to you later, man. Great. Cheers. Bye. All right, I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back. Open segment on Sports Bible.
0: That's 800-403-5912. To all you do-it-yourselfers, get ready to welcome Fram into the fam.
19: Because America's number one oil filter brand now has their own new line of motor oil and fluids. And it's only at Advance and CarQuest Auto Parts. Stop into Advance and choose from four new Fram oil change bundles starting at just $20.99. They have the oil and filters you need to keep your engine running stronger, longer. Advance your auto at advance auto parts and participating car quest locations. See store for details.
17: Oh, I would love that. And then maybe afterwards we can go field herping. That's <laughs> when you go out and you look <laughs> for reptiles.
11: Rick Tittle once threw a tennis ball at a donkey.
2: All right, and uh, the Lions are open at one a play. You know the <clears throat> Major League Baseball setup when it comes to their farm teams. There has been a uh, there's been a tremendous shakeup, and um, a lot of teams have just playing gone away. A lot of leagues have changed their designation like the California league is now low a but they don't call it that it's not the California league what do they call it a west or something. I don't know it's just it's a shame what happened but we're gonna get on with it and there have been a couple of leagues that have stayed around uh the indie league like I'd say the pioneer league is a partner league with major league baseball There's also going to be the MLB draft league for prospects. Uh, Major League Baseball says this is a much better um, uh, resource of uh, of money and and spending it correctly because they were just sick of having 900 guys and most of them would never make it. And so it's all about cash. The Atlantic League, though, which is also an independent partner league of MLB, and we've seen that be the guinea pig league many times uh, over the years. Uh, Last year, of course, if a ball got by the catcher, you could run to first base. Uh, We've seen robot umpires. We've seen a lot of different things being experimented in the Atlantic League. And I bring that up because today they have announced they're making some changes in the atlantic league they're going to move the pitching mound back one entire foot that's right 61 feet six inches and the atlantic league will also test a double hook rule in which the dh is tied to the starting pitcher once the starting pitcher is removed from the game the team loses the DH. That one is very intriguing. The moving the mound back a foot, that can ruin some pitchers. <laughs> what they want is they want more offense. And if you take an extra foot off the velocity, it's going to give an extra foot of a guy being able to see the pitch as well and see its break, see its spin, whatever. <clears throat> so the Uh, The league um, was consulted on this by a guy who works for Major League Baseball named Theo Epstein. That's what he's doing right now. He said fans, players, and many others in the baseball community have expressed an interest in seeing more regular action on the field. How about that? Regular action. It's a weird way of putting it. Therefore, it's important that we use the 2021 season to explore various ways to create more frequent contact and the increased action and athleticism on display that will follow. What does athleticism mean to you besides pitching and hitting, Uh, legging out a triple, making a diving catch? Epstein continues, we are grateful that the Atlantic League, which has been at the forefront of successful rule experiments in the past, has agreed agreed to test a 12-inch increase in the distance between the pitching rubber and home plate during the second half of the season. We expect to learn a great deal about the impacts of such a change and whether an adjustment to this critical field dimension is worth potential future consideration at other levels of professional baseball. Other levels? You mean the big leagues, that's what you're talking about. And he says it's going to go into effect in the second half. Why why would you do it then? Wouldn't you want to do it all year? You're going to have all these pitchers and any ball get acclimated to the regular one and then switch it on them? Maybe they're doing that on purpose. Maybe that jarring impact of, oh, my gosh, now i got to throw it a little bit farther. Pitchers might be throwing their arms out. Who knows? It's weird. Atlantic League president Rick White, which is what people call me sometimes, uh, he said, we are pleased to play a critical role in Major League Baseball's tests and evaluation of experimental rules. The ALPB is a forward-thinking league. And it is satisfying to our teams and players to be leaders, determining the future of our sport. We are proud to play our part, conducting MLB trials, and excited to see the results of the potential changes. End quote. Do hamsters getting medical experience uh, experiments on them call themselves leaders? I don't know, but that's fine. Um, so as i said move the rubber back more time to make contact the ball will be in play more there's you know as i said pitchers struggling to find strikes it's going to pitchers are going to hate it obviously but strikeout rates and home run rates continue to explode you either strike out or hit a home run and much fewer balls are putting to play every passing year so far this season, 37.1% of all plate appearances have ended in a strikeout, a walk, or a home run. It was 36.0% last year and 35% the year before that, and 10 years ago, it was 29.2%. That's a lot of plate appearances without a lot of action. Now, I would not throw home run in there as something boring. I think it's stupid to include home run with strikeout and walk. I, I, if you wanna talk about walks being boring, well, they're boring if your other team, uh, if you're the pitching team, if you're the hitting team, walks aren't that boring. It just takes four bad pitches, so okay. So, But still, it's almost a 10% rise. It's this whole thing with launch angles and exit velocity. I was reading an article last two days about baseball games, and they said, oh, you know, a uh, blah, blah step to the plate, and it was 129 mile per hour. I'm like, how fast did the guy throw it? And they go, oh, the velocity off the bat. Why is this in the main story? Why isn't this in some sort of nerd? Exp- I don't need to know how hard he hit it. Do I? When I saw the, you know, the pitch was made 129 miles. Per, I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy's a robot. I'm like, oh wait, that's not the pitcher. So now you might remember <clears throat> that the Atlantic League two years ago said they were going to move the mound back two feet, but a lot of their players basically showed up with torches and pitchforks, and there were some guys in the Atlantic League who just said we quit. So they go, oh, never mind. So about the potential injury risk, about going sixty feet, 61 feet 6 inches, Major League Baseball said this, quote, this change was also determined to be safe as it does not require the pitcher to alter pitching mechanics and there is no evidence of increased injury risk. The American Sports Medicine Institute conducted a study in October of 2019 that measured the impact of pitching distance on biomechanics. In the study, high-level collegiate baseball players threw from distances of 60 feet, six inches, 62 feet, six inches, and 63 feet, eight inches. No significant differences in key measurements of rotational motion, kinetics, or acceleration kinematics, were observed among the varying pitching distances. In addition, ball velocity and strike percentage remained consistent. The velocity remained consistent. So I said you have an extra foot of it slowing down. They're saying it doesn't slow down. Another foot is not going to gain you any slowdown. So all this is really doing is letting you get an extra foot of looking at it, right? So (laughs) the double hook rule, though, this one to me is intriguing cuz I I haven't really thought about it so I don't know if I'm for it or against it. But it feels like a solution in search of a problem, you know, fixing something that's not broken. It would sort of disincentivize teams from using openers and that's a plus, but we'd be taking the bat out of the hands of some very good hitters if the pitchers stunk. Baseball doesn't need more pinch hitters. Baseball doesn't need more double switches. Baseball, in my opinion, does not need more strategy. It just needs good players playing well. This doesn't do that. So it's weird how it was even thought of. The only thing that this could benefit is just to keep managers from going to their bullpens early. But sometimes you don't have a choice. Like, I look at the A's game yesterday. What did Lozardo give up? Six earned early? What are you going to do, leave him out there because you want to keep the DH in the game? I don't know. I I don't know what this is, but that type of rule change, by the way, would require (laughs) the union. And you think at a time of great labor discord that they're in right now, I mean, the CBA expires at the end of this year, whether that's a, a good idea or not. Look, I'm all for making the sport better, and if we didn't have rule changes, we still wouldn't even have playoffs. We would just have the American League champion play the National League champion for the World Series, and that would be it. And all but four or five, six teams would begin the year knowing they had no hope. And then by the All-Star break, we would know that maybe only four teams would have a shot in hell. That's all we would know. So the wild card, the second wild card, taking 10 teams to the playoffs, I'm perfectly happy with taking one third of the team to the playoffs. That's better than more than 50% like hockey and basketball. If you wanna take the top 10 teams, that's good, and it keeps hope alive. It actually cuts down on teams, I think, throwing in the towel because they think they have a chance. Every once in a while, a team will still do it, say, yeah, we're done. But when you are six games out of the wild card and you have a good week, now you're two games out of the wild card, It'll make you hope. Remember, as I mentioned yesterday, the Giants holding on to Bumgarner. Oh, look at our June we've had. You know, uh, it's good for the fans most of the time, anyway. All right. We will take a break, and we will come on back right here on Sports Byline USA.
11: Tittle ain't the man, but Rick Tittle know who the man is, and he slapped his white fanny.
2: Thank you for that. A couple minutes left in the show. Very interesting today, MLB umpire Joe West has been awarded $500,000 plus interest in damages in a defamation suit against Paul LaDuca, former MLB catcher. This was a suit that was filed in October of 2019. It came because Paul LaDuca, in a podcast, accused reliever Billy Wagner of bribing Joe West to get a bigger strike zone. He said that Wagner let West use his 1957 vintage Chevy to make the strike zone change when he was up at bat. So uh, the Supreme Court Justice in New York, John J. Kelly, issued the decision... um, West said LaDuca discussed in his podcast that the player had been ejected 15 times, eight or nine by West. Uh, LaDuca was actually ejected eight times in his career and only one time by West. The judge said this. The court credits the plaintiff's testimony that one's integrity and character are primary measures that applied for the assessment of an umpire's player's quality and thus consideration that he will be elected to the Hall of Fame. Here's the thing. Joe West is going to be retiring this year. He's going to pass Bill Clem's record for games managed or games umpired. It's over 5,370. Bill Clem, by the way, was the guy who started umpiring World Series like in 1908. And he did it all the way till World War II. He did like 20 World Series. Bill Clem was like the guy. And Joe West, country Joe West, is going to pass that. So he gets $250,000 for mental anguish and he gets $250,000 for repairing his image because they think he thinks now he has no chance to get in the Hall of Fame with this accusation. Well, apparently his name has been cleared. Be careful what you say on podcast, kids. I'm Rick Tittle. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow at 9 a.m. Pacific time.